It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And yes, streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. So typically 5.30 on Tuesdays, we have Linnell for Overreaction Tuesday. But Linnell, I did start the show with yeah. the tale of my couch and the whole saga that just ruined my Tuesday. Uh, in terms of the scheduling and, and all of the things. Yes. So I appreciate you staying after screaming at Chris Russell for three hours. I would have loved to chime in on your couch conversation. My pockets are a little bit lighter, Craig Hoffman, because yeah. I, I, I wrote down some money from you that I didn't receive because you went somewhere else. Well, you weren't available when we initially. It's so okay. Linnell I'm just also does your some, has a side gig doing some junk removal and I did reach out to Lynn, to in fairness, I reached out to you first. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, you know what? You are right with me. As long yeah. as you reached out first. Unfortunately, your partner who had the actual access yes. to the truck was uh, on a cruise. On a cruise. He's back. He returned Sunday. Okay. But by but then, yes. we had already booked yeah, someone yeah, else. Everyone's, and, by the way, I watched the Instagram story. To call that thing a couch is completely underselling it, my boy. It's a, it's a sectional. It's a sectional, baby. We got a, we got a sectional. We got a sectional with an it's ottoman. It's damn good looking. It's a, it's a nice couch. It's very, very adult purchase. It costs the amount. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that's that, was, uh, that makes it an adult that's, purchase. That's the kind of How thing that's like we're going to have. Uh, I mean, it wasn't outrageous. We didn't spend $15,000 on a couch. You can do that kind of thing. You know, there's some couches that you look at and you're like, oh, cool, this is beautiful. Never mind. <laughs> when you go couch, furniture shopping right. is the worst. It's so funny, too. Like, I've had so many people, like friends, some people that like I haven't talked to in five years be like, oh, my God, this couch is beautiful. Where did you get it? I've been looking for three years. <laughs> That's you got lucky then. We did. We caught it on sale. I give Rachel all the credit for getting the couch, by That's, the way. That's uh, always the correct thing. <laughs> in the house. Not always. I, no, it's yeah. not like I carry my weight. Um, but in this particular case, she uh, she definitely Shout out to Rachel for the cool job. couch. Indeed. Okay. You said mm-hmm. something to me in the break that I think is a classic Linnell Take, overreaction. Yeah. It's uh, not a, hit, hit me with it. I just think... Hit the audience with So it. if you turned into the Chris Russell show earlier for Win Back Wednesday, you heard me say this. I think, first of all, Ben Johnson, I want to preface my statement by saying he is a more than qualified candidate. But in this hiring cycle in particular, I think the guys he's competing against for these jobs are, are so damn qualified. This may be the best head coach candidate pool that we've had in some time. I don't disagree with we that. We got a couple of really good retreads in Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn, who people are going to turn their nose at. Mike Vrabel is available, and guys like him just don't become available. It's a really good candidate field. Yep. I'm not even – first of all, if I had to do a top 10 list, Ben Johnson would 100% be on my top 10 candidates list. I do see the good that he's done in Detroit. I just feel like – Maybe he's not even the best head coach candidate on his own staff, which is why Washington is adamant on interviewing Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Lions. I look at the job Aaron Glenn has done, and I understand you can't really control your talent. They don't have a lot of talent defensively in Detroit. They, they I don't. Ju- I, I, don't uh, I wouldn't say that. Aiden Hutchinson's a stud. Aiden Hutchinson's a damn good Brian player. Brian Branch is a Brian stud. Branch is a damn good player. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's been really damn good, good for player. them. He's their been corners, out most of the year, though. Their corners have been Quarterback situation is tough. Cameron Sutton ain't a good. Like, come on. Like, he's done a good job with them. He has, but he's. I think Aaron Glenn's getting the most out of a bunch of guys yeah, that I mean, aren't Jack household Campbell names. Jack Campbell was also a really nice pick for them. He was. Okay, Credit Campbell. to Brad Holmes. That I, I know 
Aaron Glenn's probably like, wow, I'm happy they're finally drafting guys on my side of the football. That's my one thing I would say about Ben Johnson versus Aaron Glenn and why I think his job has been a little bit more impressive to me. They don't, despite what Craig says, and we can disagree, I just don't think they have invested the resources defensively that they have on offense. Okay, so let's hold on. Let's break that down on like a mm-hmm. factual basis mm-hmm. because what's offensively? And this is not me saying they haven't, just to be clear. I don't want mm-hmm. it to come off in the way I'm asking the question. What have they invested offensively? Uh, they spent money this offseason on David Montgomery. They used the first-round pick on a running back. They, they did. used a high pick on a tight end. They did. Uh, Panay Sewell was a first-rounder. He was um, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, in that time, they've also – And money. They also drafted Jack Campbell in the fir- in the same exact draft that they drafted mm-hmm. and Brian Branch uh, in in their the same draft they drafted Gibbs in. They drafted Aiden Hutchinson with their highest pick of all last year. Yes, like the it's not really this big disparity between offense and defense and how they've done it. C.J. Gardner Johnson, <sighs> David David Montgomery, like I don't I'd have to check, but I can imagine they're not making that much different money wise. Gardner Johnson's probably making more. I hear you on that. When you look at and then, like, and a lot the, of this, the, the guy that also gets twisted in this is like, well, he has Amon Ross St. Brown. He was a fourth-round pick that yeah. Johnson has turned into an all-pro or helped turn into an all-pro. Shout-out to our guy, Antoine Antoine Rand- 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 I'm about to say, can we give, can we give Antoine like Rand- 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 some credit? Some, some credit. But, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand there, there's pushback to what I said. But just from my optics, at least, that's that's the way it feels. Now, if you go back and look at Break it with down. The actual information, not with the actual information, but like look at it for what it is. Aiden Hutchinson is your big, your big argument for sure. But like, it's a pretty significant argument. It is. It's, it's the most they nailed. Who has more talent most... on what side of the ball, though? Like when you look at it from that standpoint, like who's got the more talented players? Their offense or their defense? The I think offense. it's pretty even. They're a oh. really good football team. He's got. They're really Melifonu really playing good football. Yeah, like, but again. Uh, ben Johnson's got Amon Ross St. Brown playing like Hall of Fame football. Like you don't get to have it both that. ways because a guy is playing really well for multiple years. And th- this is my thing where I feel like people are. Let me let me are, let me phrase it like this, Craig. Who on offense? Right, they've got the best rookie tight end. I think the Laporta du- was a phenomenal. Player. Yes, the the running back duo of Montgomery and Gibbs. Gibbs, is they had top a three in the NFL. The the receiving like when you look at when I say talent is different on offense and defense, when you look at, like, who's in a top-five position at their at their group, or who's, at, who's a top-five player at their position group, a lot of those are on the offensive side for Detroit, not to defense. Like, But how did they get there? That's my question. So let me, let me not push back. Let me mm-hmm. counter you with this, right? Have you seen the viral uh, Rams video about Puka Nakua's draft day? No. I'm oh, not. you haven't seen this? No, which so, I, I see everything, I will, but I haven't seen this. I will, I will try to recap it in 15 seconds. Basically, they're getting towards the fifth round, and Nakua's on the board, and Les Snead and Sean McVay are having a conversation, and Les is like, so you really like this kid, huh? And Sean's like, yes. And he's like, you have a plan for him. And Sean just starts going, he's like, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. He can block his face off. I love him, this. And Les is like, well, you know, we only... And his, his time wasn't very good, but his GPS data, if we ranked him on that, he'd be a top 10 guy in the class in terms of speed. Let's do it. And the reason they ultimately let's do it is because Sean had such a distinct plan for Nakua. And if you watch, know exactly what to do with that guy. That is what Ben Johnson does. I think Jameer Aaron Glenn's Gibbs, doing that on defense. Jameer Gibbs isn't mm-hmm. a good use of a first-round pick in 20-plus teams in the National Football League. Right. He is an incredible pick for the Detroit Lions, 
because Ben Johnson knows exactly what to do with him. Amon Ross St. Brown is a all-pro 1,500-yard receiver because Ben Johnson knows exactly what to do with him. Jared, there has been some revisionist history on Jared Goff that is driving me insane. His last two years in L.A. were not good. His first year in Detroit under Anthony Lynn as the O.C. was also not good. His last two years under Ben Johnson, phenomenal. Like, we can't just say, oh, the talent, because it's the top five guy at a position, when the reason that guy's top five at a position is because he's being put in an excellent position, strengths accentuated, weaknesses hidden, all that kind of stuff, complementary parts by a guy that has a plan. And that guy is, to an extent, Dan Campbell, is, to an extent, Brad Holmes, being able to find the talent. But if you listen to a guy like Adam Peters, he will tell you, if the coach doesn't have that plan, I can't go. If the coach doesn't give me the recipe, I can't buy the groceries. Ben Johnson has a recipe. He's good at identifying what he needs. And I think people are pushing back on that and are bored of it because he's been consistently excellent for two years and it's not new and sexy like Bobby Slowick is with C.J. Stroud after one year, like Canellis is now because he's someone who's a little bit new. The but fact- how is that? But I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like... The Ben Johnson thing qualified, it's, I don't know. And we had this conversation before about not dinging a guy because of the talent that he gets to work with. It's up yes, to him. Yes, the goal to is ultimately, of course, to get talent and have someone work ma- very you well maximize that talent. And no I think, one doubts that Kyle Shanahan's great. No right. one also doubts that Kyle Shanahan has talent. That's why he's in his third straight NFC championship Ben Johnson game. has done a good job maximizing the talent, but you can make the exact same argument for Aaron Glenn on defense. You don't draft Brian Branch without having a plan for him. He was the ultimate 100%. hybrid tweener in this draft, and that's why he ultimately fell. Clearly, he was one of the top 10 defensive players in the class. Easily. But you had to have a plan for him like you're alluding to. I even look at the three-safety look that Detroit is now starting to go with, which is why they brought in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You had to have a plan for him. Damn good player, but the plan implemented by Aaron Glenn matters. I would say this, too, Why? and I know some people are going to be like, well, huh, who cares about the NFL PA surveys? I do, when it helps my argument. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can be honest and transparent here. Oh, he it's was relevant. How one players up, feel matters. It, he was number one in terms of the uh, offense list. His name was number one. Ben Johnson didn't make the top five of the of the offensive candidate list. So I do, since we're since we're going to go mm-hmm. on Linnell's argument, I do find it hilarious that you're making that argument as the same guy who spent weeks defending Eric Bieniemy, who players want to just absolutely decapitate. I think lazy players want to decapitate. Uh, Eric I Bien-Aimé. think it's more than that. I think lazy. I, we, we, I think can, we can go way back and forth not, about we're that. Not, we're not I going. We're not going down that rabbit hole again. How was Eric? Aaron mm-hmm. Glenn. I think Aaron Glenn's a good candidate. I think Aaron Glenn is dynamic as a personality. That's the big I think, part of it. I think Eric, or Aaron Glenn has done a tremendous job of, like you said, creating a plan, using the pieces. And I think that's mm-hmm. a requirement to work in that Detroit Lions organization. Oh, God, I'm forgetting their GM's name. He's uh, awesome. Quasi Yes, thank you. Um, you know, so, like, those kind of pairings mm-hmm. are what you, what you want. I just think, again, I favor the way offensive coaches think about football. I also, specific to Aaron Glenn, distinctly remember midway through last year when the Lions Mm -hmm. were blowing a bunch of games where they were scoring a bunch of points, Aaron Glenn was probably about a week from getting fired. Yes. And I I respect and appreciate the fact that he turned it around. I'd also rather have the guy that's just been consistently excellent. And I also think from a qualification standpoint, like – Positions that I like as a head coach, and it, this is not exclusive, it's not a requirement, 
but it is a positive. Like, these are more positives on Ben Johnson's resume to me. And by the way, Slowick has a lot of them as well. Have you coached quarterbacks? Have you coached tight ends? Johnson's done both. Because that means you have a fundamental understanding of the pass game and the run game. And the most important position in sports in career. And so because Johnson has those qualifications, much like Dan Campbell did, by the way, um, Campbell more of a tight ends guy, obviously, than a, than a quarterbacks guy. Mm-hmm. But that speaks to me a lot. It's why like Raheem Morris is so interesting to me. He's coached, because on, both sides he's coached on both sides of the ball. He's had to deal with the run game. He's had to deal with the pass game. Like those are the guys I want as my head coach that have this universal understanding of football based off their experiences. You can learn that stuff. So right, Aaron Glenn, I'm sure knows plenty about the run game as a defensive coordinator, even though he was a cornerback and a defensive backs coach by trade. I'm not diminishing that fact, but is he going to be able to build the roster in the same way and have that give that that recipe in the same way on both sides of the ball that that um, Ben Johnson might? In my opinion, my guess for player because the track record of former players as head coaches in this league is pretty darn good, it feels like. Um, that That's super important for me. Someone just tweeted at me, so I just lost my thought mid, mid-sentence and mid-conversation. Hey, I'm over here. Phone? My phone doesn't here. matter. I'm not, but look, no, I'm, I'm not looking I'm, at it. I'm researching as we as we talk. That's where mm-hmm. that's how I remembered what position Aaron Glenn played because for some reason that that lost my brain. I'm old enough to remember seeing him play. That's yeah. something. But Terrible. no, I I hear what you're saying about Ben, and ultimately the one thing I would take away from you, and I love the point that you made. You got to have a plan for players, and I think that's something that gets lost. This is what I was like. for a first time head coach who's never done it before and is going to have a lot of responsibilities on his plate from just being the manager of the team, how invested and involved is he going to be in the development of this quarterback? We love the way Ben Johnson's worked with Jared Goff, but Ben Johnson was only focused on working with Jared Goff. When you bring him in as now your head coach, you got to have a lot of trust in your staff, obviously. Sure, but like every other other coach has to answer that same question. What? Like, how is Aaron Glenn going to develop him? Aaron Glenn's job isn't to develop the quarterback. That's oh, what his he's offensive staff. It's, it's his, certainly bro- okay. So his what's his plan? Staff what's his more, plan? Who's his OC? I think he tries to steal Fraley. <laughs> I mean, probably, but it, yeah. Fraley's going to go wherever Johnson goes because if Johnson's not here, Johnson's going some, to Seattle or somewhere right. else. He will get so a job in the Fraley, cycle. Fraley's going with Johnson, which, by the way, is another move that I love because that marrying of the pass game and the run game, something that for inexplicable reasons coaches haven't done here for years. Uh, you get your O-line coach. He's basically your fourth coordinator. Mm-hmm. Super duper important. But all those guys, and like at least for Johnson, it's like, hey, I'm going to be the, you, you know, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. By the way, you're asking a question that no one knows. We, yeah. well, that Ben Johnson better know and Aaron well. Glenn better know and Bobby Sloak better know. <laughs> right. And that is going to be asked by probably Rick Spielman based off the, or Adam Peters in these interviews, yes. right? So I think that's a good insightful thing that we should point out and highlight and underline to say like, hey, this is the kind of thing that people need to think about. There better be a good answer. The answer that has worked best in the NFL, as you well know, mm-hmm. is to do it the way that Sean and Kyle and Kevin and, and some of these other offensive coaches that still call plays, LaFleur, have done, where you set your staff up where some of that managing and some of that administrative stuff gets handled by other people mm-hmm. because you do need to be involved. And I would imagine Ben Johnson knows how to do that. Um, in the same way that Kyle and Sean inherently knew how to do it when they took their jobs as first-time head coaches. Like, they figured it out. Um, Kevin figured it out. Um, you know, LaFleur, big time, figured it out. Like, dealing with Aaron Rodgers is a different challenge than dealing with a rookie, but, like, 
damn, that takes a lot of time. <laughs> like yes. you gotta you gotta deal with that personality. LaFleur's done it tremendously. And by the way, he apparently developed Jordan Love all the way in the background. So like there True. is there is a way to do it. I and one of the It's things, just a question real, that I well, have. That's real quick, it, what I would say to answer it more directly for mm-hmm. Johnson, did you hear Dan Campbell uh answer Nikki's question last yes. week about this? One of the things that Ben Johnson did when he didn't take a job last cycle was see this as like a big time study year. I'm going back and I'm going to ask a bunch of questions about being a head coach and I'm going to kind of observe a bunch of stuff in a way, kind of like what Ron talked about doing for Eric this year. Who knows if that actually happened? Um, But that idea of like, hey, I'm going to ask questions about how we built a roster. I'm going to get more involved in the roster side of it because I know I'm going to be a head coach a year from now. He's done that homework. I don't think when Bobby Slowick took the job in Houston, he was thinking about that stuff. So that extra year can be super beneficial and super helpful and probably encapsulates the answer to your question. Thank you for answering my question. But look, at the end of the day, whoever they hire, I'm on board for because my team that I love, that I get emotional about, has been run like a damn third world country since I was born in terms of the traditional power structures that good teams have. Especially with the corruption. Very exactly. third world country. Come on. So I'm just okay with whatever they do. I think it makes for good radio yeah, to got, debate got, the topics. We got good first we got corruption in first world countries too. And second. Really, <laughs> corruption's kind of a kind of a global thing. Yeah. Anyway, the point <laughs> is I agree with you yeah. on that largest point that this is like there are a like I, I make no bones about it. I think Johnson's the best candidate. I want Johnson. However, <laughs> if Raheem Morris gets the job, I can explain to you a million reasons why that's a phenomenal yes. hire. Aaron Glenn, I can say, like, yeah, I have my questions. They're just different questions. But it's due to how coach. good the pool is, man. Dan Quinn. Yeah. Like, I, I hope Dan Quinn gets another job, and I think he'll do very well. Um, listening to, to Logan talk about him and some of the questions he was asking himself after things went south in Atlanta, like that's a dude that's done the proper introspection right. that didn't think he get he got a raw deal and got screwed and just has to do the same thing again. Yeah. Like Dan Quinn's going to be a good head coach. Um, Raheem, I think I said, like big Raheem Morris fan. Um, so there, there's a lot of – I mean, Slowick I think is fascinating. People talk about yeah. Slowick the way we used to talk about McVeigh. Like I do think that you might it might be a year early to ideal, but it still is probably a good idea for someone to hire him. Canellis, I, yeah. I think, is a very intriguing candidate. I mean, this dude turned Geno Smith around and then went turning Baker Mayfield around. Like, Back-to-back years. Clearly, clearly worth yeah. it. I mean, Evero in, in Carolina, young defensive coordinator. Yep. McDo- mm-hmm. We haven't even talked about the Baltimore guys. Baby I think Belichick. Weaver, I think Weaver and McDonald are both tremendous coaches. Yes. Especially when you, Weavers slept on one to me because a lot of uh, Baltimore's defensive linemen are homegrown, drafted guys that I believe with a, with a Jabbo, he wasn't healthy at first. Oh, way what he's done with him. Like, they also got Chuck Smith down there, the pass rushing savant, helping that part of it. But yeah. to your point, like, Baltimore's got two very good candidates, and I love Mike McDonald. He's number one on my list, by the way. I, I, can't I would get want mad Mike McDonald. I. Yeah. My only concern, as long as he doesn't hire Greg Roman. Well, my only concern is like, what do you do on offense? And again, yeah. it's a concern. It's a question that's going to be asked in the interview mm-hmm. process. It's why the interview process is really important. Yes. And we're not going to get to know the answers. We don't. We don't get to go to a press conference after they hire whoever they hire. And be like, yeah. And be like, hey, by the way, the other candidate that's not sitting at the table next to you, when you asked about their OC. What did they say? Like that's not. <laughs> I wish right? that's not how that worked. That'd be really cool. We need hiring cycle hard knocks. NFL, Ooh. listen to that. Might be might be a cash cow for you. Yeah, I would love uh, it. You want to you want to know uh, how that would be received within league circles? Hmm. 
Not well. Yeah, I know. Not well. They probably don't even like real hard knocks. No, a lot of them don't. Although, I will say, you want to know who embraced hard knocks? Who? Dan Campbell and the Lions. It honestly, yes, it started all of this hype and hoopla about them. And it's not it just shows, hype. And I, I love that McDaniels yeah. did it this year with Miami. I think he embraced it as well. He's like, mm-hmm. you want to know what? Like, go ahead. I want people to see who we are. And obviously, like, you know, they started slow last year, but it wasn't because of hard knocks. It was because they were figuring, you know, Glenn was figuring out the defense. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, he eventually figured it out. And McDaniel, like, they lost. They had a bunch of dudes go down to injuries. Like, what do you want in Miami? But, like, yeah. it's like, hey, we do things a way that we're proud of. Bring the cameras in. And I, I, and they were I appreciate authentic. I loved that. it. <clears throat> I appreciate that a lot. Uh, that's actually something that's on my to-do list. I think I might go back and rewatch the Detroit Hard Knocks. I don't think Johnson's very heavily featured in it, but... I it's do worth wonder, a watch. I do wonder what I can pick up. I mean, it was so good the first time around. I'm not going to be mad about rewatching it. Yeah. Uh, so, Jamal Williams was my favorite of that, that yeah. season. He was Who awesome. knew that just a year later, uh, he, his main character moment would be uh, Jameis Winston not kneeling on the football I at know. the end of that game. Anyway, Shocker. Anyway, I love Jameis, too. Uh, we were going to talk some NBA stuff. We ran out of time. Yeah. That was a good discussion. I appreciate though. it, though. It was good. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll give my we... NBA take before I get out of here, though. Doc Rivers is going to be horrible with the Milwaukee Bucks, and I feel like they've just completely took a step back. And Giannis, I hope he didn't have any uh, any any role in, in Adrian Griffin getting fired because I'm still upset that he lost to the Miami Heat last summer and then said it wasn't a failure. Do better, Giannis. Um, I don't yeah. disagree with you that Doc probably wasn't who I would have hired. No. Um, I don't know that I'd have fired Budenholzer in the first place. I do well, think Adrian Griffin needed to go. Yeah. God, that was a disaster. Like, when you run Terry Stotts out of town, when Terry and Dame are like this, like before the season, show something alarm, was off. I didn't even know that bells. piece of the puzzle either, so you're teaching me something on that. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. There, there has been rumors about the the interior issues in the Milwaukee Bucks basically since he showed up there. Wow. Not a good situation. Um, but Doc is the replacement. You might have gotten the first half of the sentence right, Milwaukee. Not so much on the second. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. eventually we'll talk about for that sure. on this show. Maybe with Linnell, maybe not. Uh, you know, They'll be around for a while, so that's the good thing. We'll have plenty of opportunity. Uh, when can we catch you? By the way, real quick at mm-hmm. the end of here, before we get to never read the comments, how'd the national show go over the weekend? Oh, it was great. It was good. Um, five hours of radio was a, lot. was a little long. Three breaks per hour, so it was different. I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit. Uh, my next national show, I got invited back, so that's good. Yeah! Um, uh, Pro Bowl Sunday. Nice. The third, so it's not this weekend, but next weekend. Nice. So. Uh, well, good luck with that. Yes, sir. Uh, good luck with all the other stuff you're doing here. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate you sticking around. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, when we get back here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, How do you time, deal with that? I, I toss the break as quickly as I can. We're gonna The beeping will be over, <laughs> and we'll do Never Read the Comments.